Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lift Yourself Podcast. Today I am with the lovely Delaney Fisher who is all the way from California and I can absolutely not wait to introduce Delaney to you to get to know her and find out what she's about. So Delaney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. This is awesome. I can't wait to chat with you. I know I've been looking forward to this all day because I do like to get guests on the podcast from different backgrounds and stories and just hearing about you know how they've got to where they are so an amazing starting point if it's okay with you is a background journey and story for the listeners to get to know you better. Absolutely. Um, So I actually, I'll start with this point. So I was a stand-up comedian for about six and a half years. I, um, i you know, toured professionally, nationally, internationally, all that good stuff. And I ended up just getting really depressed with the lifestyle. I liked the craft of, of stand-up and writing and all that, but um, I couldn't do it anymore. So I had to figure out what to do next. And so I launched my own business, which was a gag gift business. I don't know if I can swear on here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I launched a, a like a funny art business called Dicks by Delaney, where I turned um, we turned our customers into like tasteful penis cartoons, and then um, so that business um, that that took off, um, which I was very excited about. I was able to leave stand up and kind of like in a way be a stay at home comedian in, in, in a sense. Mm. Um, doing something fun that I enjoyed, but not being, not having my life kind of dictated by this like crazy schedule um, that a lot of performers have to, you know, do. And then from that point on, a lot of like friends and friends of friends and people, um, entrepreneurs, performers, that kind of thing, they started reaching out to me asking for help with their businesses because they were like, are you really making a living painting penises and like having penis artists? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's really fun. So um, that is how I kind of started consulting on the side while I was running my business. I was consulting. Um, I was working with performers and entrepreneurs and writers and all kinds of stuff. And I just fell in love with that. I loved that work. And then I decided um, you know, I had these two businesses that were going very well. I wanted to pick one. I didn't want to burn myself out and have two full-time jobs and to be the CEO of two different businesses. So I ended up closing down Dick Spidelaney and then focusing on consulting full-time. And then that led organically to what I do now as a business simplicity coach. So mm-hmm. that's the brief background. Very strange, very unconventional. <laughs> I love it. I honestly I love that and you know what's really interesting as well like I'm curious to just ask you the question on like I definitely want to touch on the business side of things however I'm interested in how you got into comedy stand-up comedy and went down that route so talk to us about that please yes so I um I was in college when I when I got involved in it um I would have never done this on my own but I had um, a friend a very good friend of mine kind of like tricked me into taking this um, theater class with her in college 
And um, what I didn't realize when I joined that class with her, she's like, it'll be an easy A, it'll be fun, all that good stuff. The class, like the, the final was performing an original monologue in front of a live audience. So you had to write a monologue, perform all this stuff, which all the theater kids were very used to, but I was not a theater kid. I was a religious studies major. So this was a very big shock to my system. Um, and so I, I, I took the class with her and I did this monologue and without really realizing it, I guess I was basically doing stand-up in a way. I had, I had basically, you know, I was, I was telling jokes um, and somebody from that show in the audience saw me and invited me to perform at our stand-up comedy like group um, on campus. And I had already known about exactly what they were talking about because I had been going to that show every Saturday for like three years in college. I loved it. Um, so that's how I kind of got invited there. I auditioned with, a, with I was just like reading jokes off of a piece of paper. And then two weeks after that, I think it was very quick. I was performing my first set in front of like 200 college kids. Um, and that's, that's how it happened. It kind of something I was encouraged into. And then I, I fell in love with it. And then I started doing it all the time and kind of expanded where I was performing from there. And then when I graduated, I got very, very into the Los Angeles comedy scene, um, produced shows, did some writing, performing, acting, all that stuff. But it started because a friend strongly encouraged me to do it slash tricked me into it. Got a lover. <laughs> yeah, you were guided into that. And that's where obviously yeah. you've had talents and gifts there. So when you were obviously clearly successful in that, in that space, when did you connect with this isn't for me anymore? And how did that feel because you were doing so well? Yeah, oh my gosh, what a great question. This is how I knew I was ready to make a change and move on. I had just performed at one of the best comedy clubs in Los Angeles. My set went extremely well. I had comedians coming up to me after the show saying I, I did an amazing job. I had fans coming up after the show asking if they could take a picture with me. Everything went right. It was a perfect night. And I was still unhappy. I was still like, I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be doing something else. Mm -hmm. So that's what I really knew is like on my best night, if I felt like that emptiness, that, that emptiness, what am I going to feel like going forward if I, if I keep doing this? Mm. On good nights, I'm going to feel empty. And then on shitty nights, I'm going to feel even worse. Like I can't live like that. So that's when I really had to get honest about what do I actually want to do? What do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy? What kind of lifestyle do I want? Um, that was like the big that was a very big aha moment for me. And that happened at like, I don't know, midnight, you know, on a Saturday <laughs> in my car, you know, it was like a very private moment. Yeah. And it's scary having that come to terms with that and asking yourself those questions, isn't it? Because you yeah. used to live in your life in a certain way and everything's going down a path. And then you starting to think, actually, I don't know whether this is what I want. And a lot of people avoid asking themselves questions like that, don't they? So how did you actually face up to it? What was the, was it the fear of staying where you are and, and what could potentially happen as a result? Or was it this inner knowing that you wanted to go down a different path? For me, it was just absolute burnout. I was so yeah. burnt out. At the time I was doing stand-up, I was also like writing my second feature film and going on auditions. And I had a corporate job in entertainment and I had a podcast that I had started mm -hmm. with two of my friends. Um, I had, and then I was also, 
um, I had my, my business, my Dick's by Delaney business had been kind of a fun hobby for a couple of years. So I had like six to eight things that I was juggling and my body just could not do it anymore. It was done. So I had really like no choice, but to make some big changes. And my very first step was literally writing down everything that I had, that I was doing at the time, everything that I was committed to. I was also on an improv troupe. I forgot that one. Um, everything that I was committed to and asking myself like, um, you know, kind of like, how, how am I enjoying each one of these things? But before I kind of took stock of that, I really got honest with myself and asked like, what do I want my day-to-day to look like? Like, what do I want to wake up and be doing? And I really, re- I realized that I wanted to work from home. I wanted a flexible schedule and I wanted to do something creative that I loved. Those were the things. So when I wrote down everything I was doing and really took stock of that, only two of those things were leading to that lifestyle that I actually wanted. Most of my energy was being poured into things that were not going to lead to this lifestyle of working from home, being my own boss, all that stuff. So I slowly removed everything from my plate, except for two things, which was the self helpless podcast and my Dick by Delaney business. I said, if mm-hmm. I could pour all of my energy into these two things that I have been spreading across these eight different things, I wonder if I can make this work. What if I could just go full time with these two things? And so I did that. And I think it was within nine months, I was able to do both of those full time. Mm. They, they replaced my income. Yeah. Wow. And I think sometimes like we have so much going on, like we're spinning all these plates because it, on the outside, we, we almost think that that's like a definition of success. But really, it's like taking a step back and thinking, what do I value here? what purpose is this having is it going to help me and how can I live my life in alignment with with my best self and my future self and that's what you've done and then when you've made them decisions the universe has responded to that because obviously things have compounded even more since then yeah so I know that you talk a lot about living in your authentic truth and living authentically what does living authentically mean to you? And also as well, this other question just come to me, so I don't want to lose it. How old were you at the time, if you don't mind me asking, when yeah, you're making all those changes? Yes. So I was, I think I was 26 when I made a lot of those changes. Mm. Around 25, I knew that I needed an exit strategy. And then I think 26, I was actually doing, doing it. Right, um, so- I'm, I'm 32 right now. So just for anybody tuning in. Yeah. Um, you know, what's so interesting is, uh, for me, and I don't know if you can, uh, if this resonates with you or any of your your listeners, but the I had so much on my plate because I kind of I grew up thinking and kind of being told from society and you know people around me that other people grant you success. So you have to do all these things until something sticks and something works, and then somebody deems you successful, gives you money, gives you an opportunity. The, when I started shifting into doing what I wanted, I like took my power back and realized, oh, I can make my own success. Like I can dictate how I make money, how much I make, what I do. And that was a huge mindset shift. So that was, that was like a big turning point is when I started making money doing what I liked and I was making more money doing what I liked than what, what other people kind of wanted for me. That's when I realized what had kind of happened in my head you know? Um, and the way that I kind of live authentically, I mean, a lot of the things that I do are, my lifestyle is very unconventional in a lot of different ways. 
Um, not because I'm trying to be cool and un unconventional and edgy. I just stopped. I tried my best to just stop caring what other people thought of me. And so here I am, like I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a minimalist. I'm child free. I'm a vegan. I don't, you know, like I'm not a big drinker, like all these things that are very much the norm. I just have found it don't make me very happy. So yeah, I mean, it took a long time to kind of get there. And there's a lot of pushback when you're doing things that are against the grain. Um, but you have to just ask yourself, like, like, who am I living this life for? I'm, I'm the one who actually has to live it and follow through and wake up every day. So why would I let somebody else dictate what I'm doing with my time? Um, so that's kind of the, the short answer of how I've lived authentically is like, the people who were kind of judging me or criticizing me or, you know, projecting fear onto me, I just started asking myself, like, would I trade places with those people? Do they seem happy doing what they're doing? Like, do, yeah. criti do, do fulfilled people actually criticize other people? Or are they too busy having a freaking great time? Mm -hmm. So I started really asking those questions. Um, and uh, I'm very practical and I like exercises. I like facts. I'm very data-driven, even though I do have a woo-woo side. Um, but what <laughs> an exercise that really helped me was like, you know, sometimes when we think about all these people who are judging our every move, it just feels like this very vague, large number of people that just hate us or something. Mm. And so I actually wrote down who I was worried about, like judging me or making me feel bad or whatever. And it was like three to five people or something out of like, you know, it felt like such a bigger number in my head, but actually yeah. writing it down and coming up with an action step for each thing or each person of, okay. Could I have a conversation with this person? Could I block them from social media or just block them from my, you know, seeing my stuff? Like, what could I do to make myself feel more comfortable as I build my businesses or grow, grow in down this kind of path? Um, what would make me feel better about it? Knowing that these people are not, they have limited access to me. Mm, because that's the danger isn't it especially when you're you know in your early 20s because I'm actually turning 32 next month so we're like oh, similar nice. ages yeah so I I sense a lot of similar like similar things between me and you as you're talking um especially like around the age we you know what certain age range you was when you wanted to make a change and how like you put your success externally to how other people perceive you and the danger with that is it might work in the short term but the reality is you're putting then their opinion before your opinion so you're taking yeah. steps and actions that are doing it it's like not, not from the right place and it's almost right. like so how these other people see me because I I use you, you might not consciously think or say this but you're doing it from a subconscious their success validates me or how they see me as successful validates me so the yes. more that they see me successful the more validates I feel so when I go go down that path and moving further away from my authentic self and then when you come back to your authentic self that's when your soul's like lighten up because it's like yeah this is what we're meant to do so everything else starts to fall into place but it's just being brave enough to actually face that and not have to worry well you are going to worry that there's going to be backlash because not everyone's going to be what you want to do but that's that's the reality of the world isn't it um so I do you think it, it's so good that you, you were able to give yourself that opportunity to reflect on well what do I want to do right now and where can I see things going but also not being so attached to it because we're always growing aren't we we're always evolving and what we 
the way our life's going to be in like 10 years time might be different to what we want now because that's how that's that's the way that we evolve yes absolutely and you know what I started asking myself about external validation you brought up a really great point of like yeah needing that kind of validation from other people wanting to kind of fit in or whatever be cool or whatever but I just started asking myself if I could not tell anybody that I was doing these things if I could not post it on social media if I could not talk about it in a conversation if nobody knew that I was doing this list of things would I still do it and the answer for most of them was no so that told me yeah. that I was doing things for the wrong reason. I was doing them for the external validation because other people liked it or were curious about it or asked me about it or wanted it for me. And I was like, oh my God, what would I do if I couldn't tell anybody about what I did? Like if, it, you know, if you were in a conversation that you couldn't talk about what you do for work or what you were passionate about or whatever. And it was just so opposite to the life that I was living and people thought it was absolutely crazy for, for, for changing career paths and doing what I did. Um, especially in, a, in an industry like standup where it's very cutthroat, it's very competitive. A lot of people want the spots that you are getting. And the fact that I was giving that up um, to pursue something totally different really confused a lot of people, <laughs> really confused people. And I had to do it anyway. And to be honest, I was almost talked into it and almost convinced of staying a lot just from having different conversations. I almost stayed. Um, But something in me was a lot, it was a lot stronger than that. And not, not stronger, but, but louder. Like it it wasn't going to let me stay doing it, whatever it was, that driving force. Probably your soul just wanting that, yes. wanting the pull to like go down the other path. And it's, yeah, it's so powerful because you went the way you feel about yourself when you are on your own and the choices that you're making, that is actually what you want. So when you're making it from the right, the right place, you're always going to be led to where you need to go. And some people might think that that's really cliche, but it's true because yeah. when, you, when you're when doing things or posting on social media because how other people are going to perceive you or what they're going to think, then it is for the wrong reasons. I've actually okay. noticed as well, you're not on social media, are you? Right. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another unconventional thing I forgot to list off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I left social media about, I would say, a year and a half ago at this point. Um, I had a great following. I had engagement. I'm, I'm part of a very large platform. I was a stand-up yeah. comedian for a long time. So I, I did, I had a fan base and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's one, one of those things. I think once you start working that muscle of like, what do I want? What do I think I should want? All that stuff. You start doing it all over your life in all these different areas. Mm-hmm. Once you start really getting clear and then you get, you get to experience what that feels like, like, well, I went against the grain and I loved it. It's almost an addiction of like, where else can I do this? You know, are these the people I want to spend time with? Is this the partner I want? Is this the job I want? Do I want to be on social media? Do I want to set up my business this way? Um, So social media was one of those things that I just said, you know, this is bringing me more stress than it is joy. And if I could run a successful business, if I was guaranteed to be successful in my business without social media, would I keep it? And the answer was no. So that gave me my answer of like, okay, time to start an exit strategy, time to figure this out. And so I slowly, um, I slowly kind of 
deleted all of my social media apps after running different tests and stuff and building something else up so I could leave it permanently. Um, but yeah, that is, that is one thing that I was like, yeah, this, this isn't for me. I'm not going to force this. I'm just going to find a workaround, another way around it. And that is different. A lot of businesses, coaches, the online creators are all on social media because it's like the perceived perception of how you connect with your audience and you post about what's going on in your life and, you know, you're creating content. So I'm really interested in knowing like how can people still create like a level of success in their business when they're not online and when they haven't got like the social media like Instagram or TikTok? Yeah, well, you know, along the themes of what kind of what we're talking about is what do you enjoy doing? How do you Mm. enjoy showing up? Some people love social media. A lot of my clients love social media and we have great uh, social media strategies for them and they have a blast doing it. Um, So it's really about what, how do I like sharing about what I do or connecting with people? Do I like talking? Do I like writing? Do I like making art? Do I like talking people to people one-to-one? Do I like giving group presentations? Like, how Mm. do you like showing up? Because it's really about leading with that and then kind of repurposing that for other things if you want to have a presence in other other platforms or other ways. But you really only have to be great at one thing and enjoy one thing, um, and that's enough. You don't have to be on 80 different platforms making 80 different pieces of content, you know, worrying about 80 different algorithms. (laughs) So it's really about leveraging what you enjoy and then being strategic where you put that. So if you love writing and you um, really, you know, you want to have a blog, okay, so we take the writing from your blog. Is there anywhere else you want to show up? Um, yeah, you would love to create, a, you know, YouTube videos. Okay, so repurpose your blog content into short, you know, video videos for YouTube. And mm-hmm. there you go. You only had to do one thing, but it can be repurposed for other stuff if you want or send it to your team and they'll repurpose it for social media or put you on LinkedIn or whatever the hell you want to do. So um, I'm just a big fan of doing what you enjoy and being strategic about that. Yeah. I find, especially with Instagram, having boundaries is so important. Yeah. Because I don't, I do like to create content. I'm definitely much more of long format content, like podcast, YouTube videos. That's where I, I right now thrive. And then the Instagram stuff, because it's so short, isn't it? It's like all the reels. It's like five second reels, 10 second reels. And alongside like TikTok, I just find like you can get get sucked into it and consumed with consuming all this content, watching what everyone else is doing. And I find when I do that, that's when my energy drops. That's when my creativity goes out the window. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing as good as this person. Or maybe I should be doing this. And I know if I'm thinking it, so many other people are going to be thinking the same as well. So I find like having boundaries, like for t- today, for example, I've actively and consciously made like an effort not to go on my phone as much and not to look on social media as much and not post as much as well. And I've been like, it's okay. Like my content's still going to be fine. Like me, I'm not going to lose like loads of followers just because I'm not going to be posting as much on Instagram, but I've got to look after my mindset and what's going to help me in the long term than just actually always on the app. So that's one of the things that I've struggled with. I don't know if you've ever come across people like, like that as well. Like any of your clients who've felt the same. Oh yeah. And me too. I mean, I, t- yeah. I went through all the phases with social media. I was like, let, let me just get over it and do it. And, you know, yeah. figure it out. I set so many boundaries. There was a point where I was only posting once a month and only being on there for 10 minutes a month. And it still 
drained me. It, I noticed how it affected my day. So I knew that the days that I was yeah. on social media, I would leave very drained and anxious, even if it was great, even if I only read nice messages and nice comments and it was good. So it was like a very similar moment to the stand-up thing. I'm like, if this is how I feel when everything's great, this is not for me. Um, I love podcasting. I love connecting with people one-to-one -one like this. This is to me such a very, it's a very special like yeah. thing for me. And I'm not saying that that social media is not special. Of course, people connect there great, but I didn't feel authentic on social media. Therefore, it wasn't very, didn't feel very special to me. Um, and so, yeah, once I was like, yeah, I, I got to get out of here. There's, there's got to be other ways around it. I had gone through all the boundary setting and it was still, um, you know, I think it's, if you leave something feeling drained versus feeling energized, that's a huge clue of where you might want to shift. When I leave this podcast with you, I'm going to feel good. I know that I already know that I like, I feel great. It's a great way to start my day. Um, when I left social media, I didn't feel good. Um, so that's what I keep following and setting boundaries is great. If you can do that and you restrict whether, whether it's the amount of time per day, per week, per month. Also, you know, as a business coach, like be strategic, what kind of content is actually working? What has actually led to clients or customers or connections, referral partnerships, collaborations, those types of things? Because if you start looking at it, as okay, when I post these types of videos, this leads to this, double down on that, remove the other stuff from social media. You don't have to be posting about all the different things. If you've noticed that when you post quotes or something, you usually get inquiries about your service, double down on quotes, remove stuff mm -hmm. that isn't working. So you can still be, you can still simplify your social media experience and content and all of that without completely removing it. Um, but how can you make it more enjoyable for yourself? And this goes with any platform. If you're hating uh, Instagram or Twitter or your podcast or whatever it is, what's going on really? Do you need to shift completely and make an exit strategy or do you need to just kind of make it more enjoyable for yourself there? If you're not enjoying your podcast because you're recording for an hour at a time, what would it look like if you recorded for 10 minutes at a time? That kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really just about that. And I think it's transferable to no matter where you're showing up and, and how you're talking about what you do. Yeah. And I noticed that you said that you're a little bit woo woo. You have like a woo woo side. So I don't know if you yes. believe in the concept. So am I, well, I don't know if you believe in the concept of energy and how like people's energy can project and admit in social media. So when you're going on Instagram and you're seeing everyone else's stuff and feed and information you're still consuming that energetically so that's why when you come away you're feeling like a little bit more drained you're feeling flatter because you can't you can select who you follow but you can't predict what they're going to say or what they're going to post so that's yes. something that's like uh, that's something that is actually real I I feel that people's energy yes. you can feel yes. it even through technology and then um, oh my gosh yes yeah, and I, I agree with what you're saying about creating things that you enjoy, doing things that you enjoy, doubling down on that more, like the concept of working smarter, not harder, and then it will help you to be able to reach the people who you want to reach and who need to hear your message and how you can help them. Um, one of the questions I did want to ask you around business and growing it is how would you give some people, I don't know if you already touched on this, but what steps would you say 
that people can take in order to run and create a successful business that is social media free? Oh, great question. So creating a successful business and leaving social media, I feel like are kind of two different parts. So if let's say that you want to leave social media, first, I would say you want to simplify what you're doing already. Simplify your content creation. Again, like looking at what's working, what's not, what's actually leading to what you want, because Social media can be very tricky Tricky when you, when you see you're getting followers and comments and messages that doesn't necessarily equal revenue in your business. No. So get mm-hmm. down and dirty with what is actually leading to money in my business and let's keep that around and simplify. You might have to simplify your content calendar, how often you're showing up, all that good stuff. So that's number one. Then really think about where do you want to be instead? Because you have to be, you have to be visible somewhere in some way. It doesn't mean it has to be like a huge platform, but what kind of skill set or platform do you want? Would you like to replace what's going on with social media with an email list or with a podcast? Or would you like to get really great at outreach and pitching yourself and crushing that? Start implementing that skill and that, or that platform in your business. The number three would be direct people to that new thing or just start using it a lot more. So let's say if it's a podcast, start letting people know on social media, this is where I'm showing up now. Here you go. Um, yeah. Start directing them there. Uh, start collecting your people over there. Um, if it's something kind of behind the scenes, like you're offering uh, Q&As to different online communities or presentations, or you're pitching yourself directly to one person at a time, start doing that consistently and get really good at it and start seeing and measuring is, is this replaceable yet with what I'm doing on social media mm-hmm. and look at the hard facts, not how you feel about a following, but what is actually happening in the business. And then the next, the last thing would be do a test, uh, deactivate social media for two weeks, a month, two months, whatever you want to do and see how your business does with this kind of new shift and setup for yourself. Um, I deacted everything. I deactivated everything as a test before I permanently deleted it because I wanted to make sure that my business would not crumble. Um, the way to start a business that you really love is, you know, what's so cool is that um, we all have so much unique experience and 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 such a unique skill set that you already have something awesome to start making money doing it. You just might not know exactly what that is. It can be really hard to kind of like get that objective. Um, feedback and opinion when you're just trying to think your way into a business, but leverage the skills that you have that you enjoy using and your knowledge about something and solve a problem. Mm. I mean, solve a problem for somebody. Um, If I look back in my kind of my career trajectory, I always loved being a consultant and a coach. I was doing it long, long before I got paid to do it. If people would ask me like, hey, I'd love to meet, take you, take you to coffee and pick your brain about stand-up, I'd love doing that stuff. I loved talking about people's creative endeavors or businesses. I didn't think that would be something I could ever be paid for. So look at your past and say, what have I loved doing? What do people come to me for advice for? Um, that's that can be a key indicator. So leverage your skill set, leverage your knowledge, solve a problem, and start with one product at a time or one service and one person at a time. Yeah. So let's say that you, you want to, you know, you want to be a makeup artist or something. Um, you know, what kind of qualifications would you need for that in a very simple way, but how could you test it out on one person? 
have a friend come over, say, I'm going to do a full face of makeup on you, right? Do it. How do you feel? Was it fun? Was it not fun? Do you want to keep moving forward? That kind of a thing. Um, you know, so you just need one thing. Um, I, I see, and I did this myself, a lot of people launch or start with too many different offers, being on too many different platforms, too many different ideal customers and clients have one product or service, one ideal client or customer and build upon that and expand from there. Yeah. Amazing tips. And it's so powerful because it's about connecting with the client and then putting across how you can help them and serve them with their particular issue or their problem that they're experiencing. And linking back to what you said about doing what you enjoy as well because that's where you're going to consistently show up to speak to the speak to your audience connect to your audience but then have the energy behind doing it so I'll use me for example as I say I like to use like um, create podcasts and YouTube videos and that's where I've been putting a lot of my energy however that has been the or they've been the places where clients have actually found me through the yeah. podcast not not necessarily Instagram they follow me on Instagram yeah. after finding the podcast but it's been the podcast that's obviously then kind of been the, the way where they've discovered who I am so yeah. it goes to show like because I enjoy the podcast then that naturally is energy wise that's going to attract and draw in the people who are like solar land and they, they like me and what I'm about so it does work and I think you do just have to be persistent and the other thing with Instagram it's like it's changing all the time and we don't own the Instagram algorithm we can't control as you know and um who chooses to follow us so technically Instagram could be deleted off the face of the earth tomorrow so how would you have a backup of all of your of your content of your business of what is your plan so like with a podcast it is yours it's your your, you've got the content with YouTube it's yours so I think that's like okay yeah you've got platforms that they're being but it's like it's different it's just different and your mailing list so they're the other things as well I think you have to think about don't you than just Instagram absolutely oh my gosh you bring up so many great points yes you know it's really important for me that you know with my clients we're building evergreen businesses we are not building Mm -hmm. a business on a platform or a space that you don't have ownership of yeah so when when somebody says I really want to use social media I say awesome but what happens if, if social media disappears tomorrow? Do you have access to your people? Most of yeah. 99.9% no. I don't have their contact info. I don't know who they are, all that stuff. That's most people who are building their businesses on these platforms. Remember when we had like Vine and Periscope and whatever else is obsolete now? That's going to happen to Instagram probably at some point. Yeah. At some point, or it'll shift into something else. Like MySpace mm-hmm. is music now and it used to be something else, right? So Um, I'm a big fan of having a very stable foundation where my client has ownership over their space. This might be a podcast and an email list. This might be, um, video content that they host on their website. It's just something that they own that nobody can just take down. Um, Mm. and that's, that is the foundation. And then they repurpose it for the platform that is less stable. (laughs) So if they're like, I, yeah, let's do this here. And then and repurpose the content for your Instagram. But I really focus on social media is not the priority. It's it's more of the afterthought um, uh, action step. You do this first and then social media, but make sure your foundation is taken care of. 
So it's my job as a business simplicity coach to make sure that your business can thrive in any situation, that you have the tools, no matter how the world changes, the market changes, social media algorithms change. What I love, this, is, this, is, this was a very proud moment for me as a coach. Um, the last year or so, there was two like big Instagram shutdowns or something, right? There yeah. was like a big blackout. People yeah. didn't have access to their stuff. And I heard from most of my clients saying, oh my gosh, I just found out about the Instagram thing. Um, everything's good though, because X, Y, and Z, like, you know, they were set. They were not freaking out. Now I have friends who have built their business. They're not my clients. They've built their business with social media. The text exchanges they were having in like a group chat versus my clients were very different. One was like, oh my God, what are we supposed to do? Holy shit. That kind of a yeah. thing. The other ones were like, oh, by the way, did you see Instagram is down anyway? So blah, 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 blah. This is what I'm trying to avoid. The, the, the reaction to when something is taken away from you that you don't own, you still feel totally fine and stable and secure and you know exactly what to do. It yeah, that's you. so smart. Yeah, it's so smart. And it's definitely better for longevity in businesses as well. And yes. actually, as you say, growing the foundations to be able to have something in that looks professional, and then you don't have to worry as much. Because when you're building something for yourself, you know, especially at the beginning, you're like, you're doing everything, aren't you? You know, you, you have to like, do the admin, and then you're the CEO until you're at the point where you start like investing and outsourcing, which it does come, it comes for us all, but it takes time. So it's, it's about like, focusing on what you're putting your energy into, and what's actually going to give you the best like results. So when you repurpose and content, you're not neglecting the platform, you're still like uploading, but it's just, you know, you've got like options, so to speak. Absolutely. And you know, what's so awesome is that when my clients start making that shift where social media is like the secondary act, their yeah. following engagement grows because they're focusing yeah. on really incredible content in their space. So it's yeah. like very potent content, but then they're sharing and repurposing over there instead of I'm making, I am making content for social media, which can be a variety of things, right? Short-term, long-term, three-second videos, yeah. and then using that in their space they're making such high quality content and it's definitely affecting their Instagram following. I think what can happen is that we get so focused on creating stuff for Instagram that it takes us away from creating things that are going to help us thrive long-term in our business. You know, what, what would happen if you took a lot of that energy that you're pouring into content creation and you created, um, like a little mini course, you know, a self-guided course, and you created some passive income for yourself, or you took 50% of that energy and you started pitching yourself and reaching out directly to people that you want to be connected with. Yeah. So I have found that social media can unfortunately be like this passive way of getting what we want. And I just teach my clients, go directly to who you want to connect with, go directly to what you want and get good at that. And then have a great space that they can come into. So um, it can happen a lot faster. And anybody who loves content creation and they're using it as a way to get something else, you know, it's an offer outside of the content. It's not like they're, the content is monetized with ads or anything like that. What is it that you want? And, and be direct about that as well. Don't just rely on content creation. Go directly to the people that you want to, you know, connect with and mm -hmm. make sure they know that you exist, that you understand them and that you can help them, whatever that means to you. 
building relationships and having that connection as you say because do you find a lot of more people focus on the numbers like the amount of followers that I'm getting is it growing each month as opposed to the actual connection yeah that you know this is these this conversation something similar like this happens so often with my clients they'll say oh my gosh I haven't been posting on social media I'm like so behind on social media and I'm like you just told me about all the clients that you're serving this week so remember, why are you posting on social media? To get the thing that you already have, clients, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the time people are like, I'm so behind on this because I haven't been able to get to it. You haven't been able to get to it because you have the thing that a lot of people are posting on social media to get. Serve yeah. the people who are here in your space. Make sure you're giving them a very quality experience and that you're mm-hmm. not prioritizing a social media post over your actual clients. Um, but I, that happens all the time. I, I'll have somebody like, oh, I just closed a $20,000 commission, but I didn't post on Instagram today. I'm like, what? Wake up. <laughs> you have the thing. You ha- you're doing the thing already. Social yeah. media is just the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So really be catch yourself in those moments where you're prioritizing your follower count and the image of social media over the real people that are already connecting with you in your space. You have to serve them first. Um, I know that for me, once I really started prioritizing a quality client experience, it starts to be very hard to tolerate like low quality experiences other places. Like, you know, not, not getting great service places is really tough for me now because I know a lot of time they're distracted on other things and they're neglecting the, their clients. Yeah. And if we, just, if we can focus on giving somebody a quality experience that they love, they get re- results from, they're going to go tell people about it. Those people are going to tell people about it. You're going to get referrals, like make sure your foundation is so sturdy and that you don't just have the facade of a great business, but you actually have a great business and it's reflected in other areas. Mm, I've actually been told this before by people who I know of that they've invested in in coaches or courses. And then when they've got into the container, it's not been kind of delivered on the promise or the energy of the coaches and what was perceived on Instagram. So it's almost like their attention is on like getting more followers and growing and not actually serving the people who are there. And you're so right. It's like, it's almost like people um they're not the priority isn't it's like the priority is what how it looks than actually how the impact that it's it's having on the people who are, are actually investing and that they're there they're the clients oh my gosh that's such a good point yes and I've, I've had people come into my program telling me about their experience um and it breaks my heart because those people probably don't realize what they're doing they have been told a certain thing to do. They have been shown a certain way. A lot of them growing up without, you know, always having social media not really knowing anything different when it comes to being an entrepreneur. And they don't realize they're leaving clients really disappointed because a lot of the time they're not following up either. (laughs) You know, like they're neglecting things to a point where, oh, they bought my stuff. They finished the program. Okay, good. They're good. Moving on. But they're Mm -hmm. not good. We have to start asking not just about follower counts, but did my people enjoy this? Did they get results? Do they have questions? What is their feedback? You know, it's not just about how much money you made, how many followers you have. I don't give a shit how much money somebody makes. Do your pe- does it did that work for your people? Yeah. How are yeah. they doing? Impact. You know? Yeah. 
it, absolutely, it's about the impact. And I think when people are trying to find a mentor or a coach or consultant or anybody to support them, you have to ask the right questions. You have to ask like, you know, what's important to you? How is this person living their day to day? What kind of results are people getting? Sure, how much money are they making? But if money is the only thing, you're leaving out some really important questions. Um, I knew in the beginning, that was the only kind of question I asked when I was new, when I was looking for people to help me. How much money do you make every year? Oh, that sounds pretty cool. cool. Not realizing once I got into their program, how they're making that money. I'm like, oh no, this is, I should have asked more questions. Yeah. Um, and my clients, the, the, the feedback, one, one client said recently, like, wow, I can't believe how responsive you are and how thorough you are with your responses. I'm like, I'm your coach. Like this is, this should not be abnormal. This, yeah. this type of high touch support should be the norm. Me responding to you in a timely manner, being thoughtful and giving practical advice and action steps and all that should not be a luxury. And sadly, yeah. it's now a luxury in our yeah. society and in entrepreneurship as a whole. Yeah. And I have found that a lot of like business coaches in particular do use the financial side of things in order to sell the service. Like I don't follow a lot of business coaches on Instagram, to be fair, there's only a select few why I've come across ones in the past and it's all about like the numbers and it's all about the figures and you know because it people want to earn money let's face it you're not going to find anyone who's going to say to you no I don't want to earn money like everyone's got that desire so it's an easy point to sell to isn't it and it's an easy way of getting people in and yeah I think it's one of those where it's a little bit you know what it is as well the coaching industry is not regulated because it's so oh, I know it's scary so yeah. anyone can go and be a coach. Anyone could just be a coach and just advertise themselves. Like I'm a coach now. And they, you don't really know much about the background or energy. And, you know, it, that's the thing, isn't it? You just don't know. So right. that's where it's all a little bit like for me, like it's a bit like, oh, I don't know. Even though I Absolutely. love it. I love that being in that space and helping them with like their mindset and things. It's just, yeah, it's, um, it's like an uncomfortable Oh I suppose God. we talk about it don't we because people need to know it's so uncomfortable and to the point where I didn't even want to call myself a coach because yeah. I just that when I had experiences with that industry I was turned off yeah. but my clients I, I started off as a creative consultant but my clients kept calling me a coach they would post about me on social media and say oh my coach did this so I knew that that word was resonating with my ideal people but to be honest, it didn't resonate with me. Um, and so I kind of just, <laughs> I use this title as a way of like, let's meet in the middle of like this. I want people to know what I do exactly, yeah. but I also want them to resonate with, with what you're using. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of it has totally grossed me out. And you know, what's really sad is that um, I offer complimentary calls to people in my community and stuff like that that don't even fit the qualifications to be my client a lot of the time, but mm -hmm. I like serving people. And I know by serving people, they tell people about it. Maybe they come back when they're ready for a service. Some yeah. people are so scared to get on a call with me because they think it's a hard sales call. Like they've experienced before in other spaces. Yeah. And I have to actually educate people on this is not a hard sales call. This is not what this is. And I'm so sorry. Like this has happened to you. I, this is just a conversation and, and me mm -hmm. helping you with where you're at. 
because I'm able to. I've dedicated space and time to do that. And service is part of my, my own business strategy. And that really bums me out is that we've all had so many shitty experiences when it comes to being sold to that we are now not trusting of people who do have our best interest at heart. And for me, the types of transformations that I've seen with my clients is like, I am just as proud of somebody who triples their annual revenue than I am of somebody who decides like, wow, I realized I want to go to grad school. Like both, you know what I mean? It's not all about money. I am just as excited for somebody who launches a, their podcast that they've been sitting on for five years than I am for somebody who made, you know, $50,000 in a few months. Yeah. It's about what they want and the goals mm. that they have. So it's, we're not, we're using like this weird measuring stick about just money and it's not just about money. No, it's definitely not. It's about the impact. And then it's also going back to what we were saying at the beginning about it being authentic being in alignment with what it is that you want to do and not exactly. just kind of like this following the trend because I find when people haven't done the inner work or they haven't done the mindset work and they don't really feel like they know themselves that well they do tend to just do what the crowds are doing and follow that because they're not trusting their own intuition and their own voice have you had to do any mindset work at what practices do you have to help with your like health and wellness oh my gosh so many so many things I think um Anytime that you care so deeply about the work that you do. I mean, I, I've experienced having like corporate nine to fives that I just didn't yeah. really care about it. You know, I would leave work and then not think about it, but because I care so deeply about the service I'm providing and the connection I have with my clients, it can be very hard to like turn off work and go about my day. Um, and so the mindset stuff has been huge. I mean, everything from like the money mindset stuff to like really realizing that I was um, not empowering myself as a woman who, you know, wanted to have a business and make money. So a lot of that stuff, um, just showing up, like really showing up is hard, especially as somebody who's an introvert, who has wanted to leave social media, who left entertainment. I have left the spotlight in so many different ways in my life because I'm not comfortable in it. Yeah. So I'm not comfortable being with, I'm not, I don't like that attention. I like some of the things that come from that attention, but the things that I like are like these authentic connections and relationships that I know that I can establish in a different way. So for me, I have to show up and tell myself that, um, look, it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay, you know, to mess up. Um, your intentions are good. You're here because you genuinely want to help somebody and help people. And if you mess up, you mess up, you, you will apologize and you will move on and you will improve and do better. So those are the types of mindset things I have to share with myself just to show up to do a podcast or show up, you know, to meet somebody new, um, is just admitting that, like, I, I know that I will admit if I don't know everything, I know that I will admit if I made a mistake and I will apologize. So for me, that's like a nice armor of, Nothing can really mess with me if I'm willing to, to show up with honesty and integrity. Like mm. even if something kind of shitty happens, you know, I, I, I can respond in the way that I, that, that is going to make me proud of myself for responding. So that's a big one. Um, but the money stuff has been also really big. I just have loved um, learning about that. I think Rachel Rogers is incredible 
um, if anybody hasn't um, looked into her, she will absolutely squash your money guilt as a woman, especially. Um, I've loved learning from her about that topic specifically. So yeah, those are just a couple things, you know, showing up and making money are pain points for sure. Mm, I've not heard of Rachel before, but I'll definitely check her content off after recording this episode because I'm always working on myself as well and doing the mindset work and I find like another level another devil is always going to be some limiting beliefs or you know things that are going to consciously or subconsciously hold us back so you have to be prepared to face that and I I suppose for you as well because you had the identity of like being um, a stand-up comedian and really successful in that space and putting yourself out there and you've had to change that self-image and that way you see yourself to the world but actually you've had to come to terms with it yourself first and then allow yourself to be seen in this other identity which is your true more true to you let's say and more authentic and it does take a person to be really really honest with themselves and actually accept that they're not perfect and are always going to know the answers and they don't have to necessarily do things that don't feel good all of the time because you know there's options there's opportunities in the world that you can actually explore I think sometimes people feel so like confined with how they have to live their life and um you know especially with like the limiting beliefs and tying it to the mindset work especially with money mindsets we often have these beliefs that have been imprinted on us from childhood or from when we were growing up and you know our environment and our area where we live so these are all the break the things that we have to break through in order to grow and then when we face it it's like we shift energetically and then things start to change externally that's what I found anyway yeah absolutely man you 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 have such great insight and you ask such great questions you're just a really skilled interviewer I just wanted to share that with you I'm really enjoying this conversation um yeah I I didn't even realize the the beliefs that I had around so much that was affecting my my life and my day-to-day you know I a lot of us you know myself included kind of grew up being told or being shown or thinking that work is supposed to be hard and grueling you're just supposed to pick something so you can kind of live for the nights and weekends and those that two-week vacation or whatever it is and um I was living that. I was really burning myself out. Mm-hmm. I was playing that narrative out in, in my life, not even realizing the beliefs that I had about work and money and self-worth and, and success and all of that, where somebody who maybe was told something different, like, Hey, um, you know, that you could, you could start your own business one day doing whatever you want. And that, you know, like they might not have had that. If somebody grew up with like work, can be fun and simple, they would probably go be attracted to things that were fun and simple where they can make great money. But if you've been told that work is hard and grueling and boring, you're going to be attracted to those opportunities because that's what you think is the truth and, and your reality. So that really blew my mind. And I like to think of myself as a very, like, I'm a, like I said, very practical data-driven person. Um, and to me, because that sounded very woo-woo in the beginning, I didn't trust it. I didn't trust that that was the thing. I thought it was a scam that your limiting beliefs could be affecting that. And then when I started actually practicing it, I was like, holy shit. Okay. maybe I'm a little bit more woo-woo than I thought, but it's also very practical. If you don't believe that you can do this thing, you're not going to set yourself up to do this thing. Yeah. If I 
believe that I can make X amount of money, I'm not going to create an offer to make X amount of money. It's, it's that simple. It's that practical. So I think the way people talk about it can be a little bit confusing. In, in my opinion, I've tried to like, I've tried to make it more tangible for myself and, and for my clients who want to understand the energy part of it and the practical action steps of putting that into play. But it's not just woo-woo because the science behind it as well. Yes, because obviously exactly. when you're alerting, like sending signs and signals to your brain, it's your RAS, your reticular activating system, who's going to seek it out, seek out the opportunities, seek out you know, the things that, yeah, are fearful, but that's going to take you to the next stage. That's where you need to go, like little signs that you get sent. And it, it, you can call it like your intuition. And then you yes. follow that. And that's when things start to happen as a result. And I find that it's just all about, it comes down to like trusting yourself. And the more that you get to know yourself and the more that you understand what it is that you want, that's when things will fall into place. It doesn't always fall into place exactly as you want it, as you probably know, but it right. happens in some, it happens in some way for us. And um, I, it's always worth doing the inner work. I think that's the point I'm trying to make that it's yes. something that I think you can't necessarily, I mean, certain people do avoid it, I've found that people have that have avoided it, maybe they aren't fully, I don't know, are they fully in the like in the worth and accepting of themselves because you're not seeking that worthiness outside of you, you're already enough. It's kind of like, yeah. I know who I am now, I know what it is that I'm good at, I know what it is I'm not good at, I know what I want to do. So now I'm gonna just put myself out there and go for it. And then I'm I know I'm already worth that. So whatever comes isn't gonna validate my worth anymore. And that's just understanding that, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think when, when I, when all this was new, I thought it was kind of woo-woo because I couldn't like see it and I didn't understand it. And now it's like, oh, it's incredibly practical. And I treat my energy and my mindset and visualizations just as important as I treat like the processes of like, you know, reaching out to somebody or having a call, those action steps and the energy work for me are equally important now to where I was always just in the action mode. And I didn't really even take time to ask myself those questions or visualize what I wanted. And it's just so important. And um, yeah, thanks for sharing the the science and stuff behind it. It's, it's so good. It's like, and it, yeah, it it just feels good all around. Um, You know, I think when you start a business, it's like the ultimate personal growth project. Like when you start, <laughs> yeah. all your shit comes up, your insecurities, <laughs> your self-worth issues, your, I mean, everything, everything. So if you are able to work through that, I mean, it's a pretty incredible experience. You, you experience so much personal and professional growth by mm. making that happen. So, yeah. Mm, definitely and it's going back to what you were saying how like hard work we automatically think in order to be successful or make money we have to work really hard but really some hard work doesn't always accumulate to wealth no it's it's yeah. be it's it's about how smart you are with it and how you're educated and doing all this inner work and the worthiness and feeling you know the actions that you're taking yeah aligned actions important but it's the internal thing that's going to help you keep it so you're not pushing things away from you or um, self-sabotaging because that's another thing that we do without doing that that inner deep work 
I could talk about this forever because I just find <laughs> it all fascinating, as you can probably tell. But it's so, because it's I feel the benefits. I've seen that it works for me and I've felt the change. So, yeah, I'm still growing and learning and you know evolving as a person. However, I know that this it all does work it does work but not everyone understands it you know around me or their family or in my area there's only like a select few people who are really into this personal development world so I know a lot of people the people who are listening to this podcast are into self-development and spirituality and they'll get this like they'll be into all of that but they all know themselves how it feels for other people not really understanding that or knowing why they're doing something so yeah it's really refreshing to have conversations with someone who can actually you know, is on the same energy and on the same vibe and has actually done that work too yeah yeah no I I love it and I think it's one of those things where you might you can read the books and understand it theoretically but until you start practicing it and you understand it experientially it's a totally different ball game you know I had heard about stuff but once I started actually doing those things um and personalizing them to you know my experience I mean it's it's night and day I'm a completely different person. I, if I have uh, my podcast has been around for like five years, the self helpless podcast. And Mm. if somebody listened to like the first few episodes and to where we are now, I feel like I am a completely different person. Like in so many ways, very opposite. Um, And it's just because I've been really doing a lot of internal work about what do I actually want? And what do I don't want and, and how to kind of like reconcile that with being in a society that wants a lot of different things for me that I don't want mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And it's giving yourself permission to change because some people won't allow themselves or they don't think that they should because then they'll be judged or, you know, yeah. they fear success or they fear like what the unknown. So uh, even when I think back to when I started my podcast, which is like nearly two years and I'm completely different to who I was then. Yeah. So it shows that you just have to allow yourself to grow and just trust that it's happening as it should. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, I, my, my fear of staying the same and being stuck in something I didn't like was so much greater than the fear I had for moving forward and making oh, changes. Yeah. You know, it's like, it really has to outweigh it. You have to have that driving force in you. And we all have it. It's just, you know, are you tuning into it? Are you listening to it? Are you dismissing it? What's going on in there? (laughs) Mm, I think everyone has some type of feeling. Maybe not. I don't know. Because I think some people aren't. It's they're just not. It's not the time. Like yeah. I don't know if you believe in like multiple lives or past lives. I'm not really gonna go too far into that. <laughs> but like I just the point I'm making is like how I think some people are here and they're meant to go on that journey, so they have that inner knowing, and then other people just don't have that awareness, or they're, right. they're too scared, so they don't want to face it. They might have a feeling, but they might be a bit confused, and it might fear them. And I think it's like, oh yeah, maybe it's not for them. You know, it's not the time so to speak but yeah I agree it's the concept and the fear of not being what you know you could be and not giving it a try and not not actually looking back in the future you know we don't know when we're going to leave this planet let's face it but when you get to the the end of your life 
I know it's quite deep, but it's true. Like you want to look back and be like, well, you know what? I gave it a, I gave it my best shot, and I, oh, and yeah. I did. I followed what I wanted to do, and I didn't yeah. stay somewhere just because I thought I had to. So yeah, it was scary at the time, but I can look back and see, yeah, I did, I did the right thing there because it's led me to where to the things that I did and you know the person I was. So that's the way I look at it as well. Like it's it's that fear that drives you. I love that you brought this up because I use death all the time to like motivate myself <laughs> oh, like, on a daily basis. It's like Delaney, you're going to die one day. Is this really how you want to spend your time right now? Oh, wait, you're right. Forget it. Let me go on a walk with my family. Like that kind of stuff. I use it all the time. It might be too much for some people, but for me, it's the biggest oh, motivator is that it really is. And I better be freaking enjoying myself. And I totally agree. Like some people aren't aware you know, of maybe what they're wanting and stuff. I think for me, when I look at my past self, when I was not aware and I was just kind of doing, doing and doing and going and going and going, I at least had jealousy. And if I was jealous or maybe it's kind of envious of something, I think that was like the spark of like, hey, you want that or you want some of this Mm. thing. And because I used to get really kind of jealous of people who, had flexible schedules and worked for themselves and like made great money. And I was like, must be nice to be able to do that when I'm stuck over here. Right. So like I had something, but it wasn't maybe as fleshed out as what it is now and how I can kind of tune myself in now. But if like, you know, if you feel kind of stuck, but you know, what if, what have you been kind of secretly jealous of? (laughs) Yeah. Like what's triggering you? Because if it's triggering you, it's showing you something because it's a desire. It's part of your inner wisdom of like, uh, uh, this is something that we meant, we're meant to be doing and we need to go, we need to lean into this and we need to see where it goes. But it's, and the reality is, I know like you laugh about the death thing, but we only get one shot of this life. It's so true. So I, I say it to myself as well. It's like, I'm not perfect all the time, but it's just a real good incentive because, you know, that's how you have to make the most of the present because we're always either in the future or thinking about the past. We can't change the past yet. The future's never really going to come. So it's just like now. And that's yeah. the way that you're going to really make changes for the better. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've gotten so used to like just denying our own desires and even other people's desires without even really meaning to. That we just, we do that to ourselves. Like actually a couple of days ago, my husband called me and he was like, uh, I saw this jacket, it's $500 and I want it, that kind of a thing. It's like, he's like, talk me out of getting it. I'm like, I'm not going to talk you out of getting it. If you want the jacket, get the jacket. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to be like, no, we can't. Yeah. I, I, that, that's just a small little example, but we do that all the time, whether it's to ourselves or, or partners or whatever, because of the fear and everything like that. You know, it could be like, he could say, I really want to take a cooking class, you know, and I'm like, oh, we, this is not the greatest time. We're kind of busy right now. Or I can say, okay, let's try to figure out how we can make time for you to be able to do that. So I don't know. I think desire is just what, it, what would happen if you allowed yourself to go there and say yes to yourself and to other people. Of course, within guidelines, you know, not everybody's desires are, are good or well-intentioned, but, you know, the things that really bring a lot of joy to you and excitement what if you just stopped saying no? Mm. But also saying no to the right things because sometimes it's easier for people to say yes when really they want to say no. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Discern it's kind it. of like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So it goes back to that inner knowing and um, acting in alignment, isn't it, with, with your truth and what it is that you want? Yes. If you're desiring to say no, 
say no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because when you say no, that's when you seem to become like your vibration raises or you become more magnetic to things as well because you're going to attract because you're standing yourself with but obviously with boundaries too yeah absolutely is there something that you've said no to that you were really scared to say no to but it ended up being like a huge blessing hmm I can't think from the top of my head. I love that. Good tell that you're a podcaster, an experienced one. I am I've said no to different things. And I'm gonna use dating as an example. Yeah. You know, if you said it. no to certain people who and then you realize, oh, I'm glad that I didn't do that because I found all this or this wasn't meant to be, and then so yeah. That, that was one one example that's just come to mind but there's definitely been different examples really um where I've, I've said no to things and I think it's probably only going to continue like the universe is going to keep bringing it to me in different ways especially like business and the podcast or content so yeah it's a it, the way I look at things is like whatever I talk about and preach about like I implement because I don't want to be one of these people who talks about all this stuff but doesn't actually do it herself so it's kind of like yeah I'm always honest with people that I'm not perfect but who is let's face it and I love learning but I I would never want to perceive to be something that I'm not so like it's it's so that's vital I think especially when you put yourself out there yeah I totally agree. I think it's our days are filled with no's and yeses and just, you know, make sure you're making the ones that you want to make. <laughs> yeah, love that. Delaney, before you do go, where can people find you if they would like to hear more from you? Sure. You can go to delaneyfish.com, D-E-L-A-N-I-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. And that's where you can find all the stuff, my podcasts, um, free resources for entrepreneurs and uh, services and all that good stuff amazing and thank you so much for your time absolutely enjoyed this conversation thank you for having me I love talking with you this was really nice thank you so much for listening to lift yourself podcast if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe and if you would like to see more content from me follow me on instagram at underscore laura lifts underscore if you're feeling generous give this podcast a review on the apple podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.